Welcome to the Chef of X podcast. All right, we're back, right? To the Chef of, F, Chef yeah. of X podcast? Or yes, we're we're going. We're rolling. Is it the Red Chef podcast or the Chef of X podcast? Uh, I think it's still Chef. That's a good question. I think it's still Chef of X podcast because um, I, I think of it as a medium for me to be curious in public. And um, it, since it's conversation-based instead of... Uh, I, I don't think of conversations as all that creative, even though they are. I don't see it as like an artistic project. Mm. I see it more as like philosophical. Right, right. Conversations, I think, you know, I think it, if you uh, like, I could always, I could put a twist on it and say like everything is art, right? Everything you see, yeah. you know, like the, the human interaction is art itself. Yeah. Right. So to me, it is a form of art. Um, it's just a, conversations are just a, a very specific genre. Yeah. You know, philosophy, you know, the, the being able to connect. Yeah. And um, being able to use reasoning in, in, in a sense that you, being able to use reasoning as a universal kind of thing instead of just in science. Right. Absolutely. So when is the last time you did a podcast? I did one yesterday. Oh, really? I don't know how I feel about it, though. Because I, I personally think I'm rusty at doing podcasts. What is it that makes you, like, what is it that the lack of, is it just lack of conversations? Yes. Being able to. Yes. So, yeah, I was, um, I, w I really wasn't having any conversations for a while, for like right. up to a year, except right. on the phone. And even now i'm i'm out um it's mostly with the same people so i see it's not as like i like doing it with new people the most or people that are tried and true like you're tried and true i don't know <laughs> like you always deliver so it's fun doing it with you <laughs> but um for the most part it's it's really really fun for me if it's a brand new person and Absolutely. they and they don't really know me that well so they're surprised by everything that's happening um this was not the case. This is with someone that I knew from a long time ago, or from De Anza, actually. Oh, really? Yeah. And um, he knew me through um, hip-hop. We were part of a club that was called The Four Elements of Hip-Hop, which are, I think, graffiti, dancing, emceeing, and DJing. And he was kind of a fan of emceeing and a fan of uh, the dancing but he wasn't really like a dancer himself and he didn't really write any music himself. So he was like in the club as a fan. And what was cool about it is that um, not only was he a fan of like the big people, the Kendrick Lamars, the people who were out there and popular, he could also be a fan of the people in the club who had, were producing their own work. So like mm. he knew me as Red Chef because he had listened to some of my old mixtapes on SoundCloud. I see. So... It was, I mean, I knew him, but he was a fan, but also I didn't have the, um, I didn't set up the podcast so that we could listen to music while we were on it. So that was kind of a mistake on my end. And, and so, uh, that, that, that's why you probably don't, you didn't feel good about it. I don't feel great about right, it. Right, I just, right, well, right. I, it's the first in a long time. I so see. I just don't think I was very sharp. I think I I didn't have as many questions as I thought I would have. So yeah. <laughs> I kind of had a lot of blank space like oh what do I what was I curious yeah. about again like Well, I'll tell you man, I I, I re-listened to 
quite a bit of the podcasts that we had done. I've done with you, you've done with friends and just random ones that I didn't even know who the person was. And it's just so interesting. Like, first of all, it's like, it's such a unique way of remembering past life. Yes. Because like, you know, you could look at a photo and like, that's like an instant reaction. Right. And it's like, mm -hmm. we'll last one second in your, in your memory. We should take a photo today. We, we should. And in fact, we you're should, actually really good at photos. I've we, noticed. Yes. That. In fact, we should take, because you never had a photo with the pop top. Right. Oh. Yeah. So like, if you were to listen to one of the other podcasts we did in the van, there was a tin top. Now we have a pop top. Being able to stand up and cook is a huge blessing in life. You know, you get your dick sucked standing up. You know what there I'm saying? Go. There you go. There you go. So there's two things in life, you know, getting your dick sucked uh, suck while standing up and then being able to cook. I yeah. think there's two things that every man should be able to do. Well, you you actually made do without the standing up as far as the cooking because you – you cook pretty well. Yes, I did. I didn't realize you were hunched. I never really watched you. Right. Well, this is because, you know why? Is because every time we do it, you'd be talking with like Roz or Carla or whatever, oh, this yeah. or that. Yeah. Everyone's outside while the chef is in the kitchen. <laughs> right. <laughs> but so. Um, literally. <laughs> literally, yeah. So, um, you know, I'll tell you, I'll, I'll take you through that process though. What happened was. Um, I had in my mind, I said, okay, you know, I have like, I had, I had this Chase Freedom Unlimited credit card and, mm -hmm. um, it was, uh, 0% APR for 15 months and it had $11,000 credit line. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, okay, this is the only way I'm going to afford this. There's no other way I could afford this. I could just pay it up 8,000 bucks up front and then pay it off in a year. And I thought that was pretty manageable for me. You know, mm -hmm. I'm a personal trainer. I get pretty good business. Um, what the fuck happened was that I did not plan on getting arrested and, yeah. hi and hiring a lawyer for six $6,000. Yeah. You know, plus all the other fees with associated with that, going to drug treatment and shit like that, paying that out of pocket. Yeah. So, like, all of a sudden, you know, I had to decide, like, oh, fuck, do I, do I get the popped up or not? You know? But I just felt like I'd really be like upset and unhappy if like I had to pay for the lawyer, but then like not get the pop top. Yeah. Like the, the pop top was essential to like where I wanted to be in life. You mm -hmm. know, I mean, like I said, getting your dick sucked, standing up and being able to cook standing up. <laughs> <laughs> in that order. <laughs> Or at the same time. At the same time. <laughs> no, I mean, he's, you know, just joking around. But not joking around, joking around. But, you know, like I plan on living in it, moving up to Seattle. Yeah. So I want to be able to have that, like, that extra comfort. I already spent nine months in the van hunched over. Yeah. Um, so, like, the van, I out, I sourced some parts out. They weld, they welded a new roof. They cut out the old roof, put a new roof on there. This popped up from Santa Cruz, got it for, like, a 1000 bucks. And the van was left in Sacramento for two months. Wow. Um, and I was vanless for two months. And that was a hard two months because, like, I essentially, like, lost my soul. Mm. You You're know? very connected to this. Exactly. Yeah. And, you know, and be honest with you now i don't drive it as much but because i'm trying to save the mileage when i move up to washington so i'm trying to preserve it but like when i'm when i'm in my element and i want to use it and i can't that's why i get like i lose my element you know i lose my soul um 
and then and then it this just turns out that you know what I you know it's there at the shop, you know, fucking mice get in it. Mm. And then there's I pull out these drawers and there's fucking mice droppings all over this fucking shit. Yeah. You know? And I was like, dude, are you serious? Did you, you have know? anything in the refrigerator? They didn't get to the fridge, but there were snacks in there in yeah. the other drawer. And I did I just didn't think like, you yeah. know, to take out my snacks, you yeah. know? And they go through all, I clean it up, but of course they come back because they're in the fucking back of the cabinets. You, ca yeah. you can't get, so I lay down some mice trap and it was just so fucking disgusting, man. Yeah. Like being able, like had to like pick it up and then like, you know, essentially you're, you know, you have to deep clean everything. Yeah. Um, and then not to mention, you know, um, or maybe, or to mention also, uh, they had been doing the welding mm -hmm. and, the fucking guy didn't he the the the, the weld like the spot the spots that come up from the welds yeah. you know it comes down and it burns the fucking you know it burns like you know the wood <laughs> you know yeah and, and i'm like come on guys like i'm paying eight thousand dollars and like you know it's like you guys don't even care yeah and so but you know for me relationships matter more than materialistic possessions yeah so i'm like some guy told me um the guy who built my cabinets uh the guy who didn't do the work on the on the on the pop top but i i, I went to him and i said i said hey man look what they did and then he's like yeah like you know you can replace the floor if you want and i said yeah let's do it and then he we're talking about it and then and then he's like dude you know you realize this is gonna cost like three thousand dollars like just to replace the floor i gotta take everything out and i was like yeah i don't care i want to do it i want the floor i want the only floor on you floor and then and then you know he he gave me a really like big life lesson there and he told me like you know life's not worth about having a fucking clean floor all the time your floor in your van is gonna get dirty is people you're gonna use your van you're gonna take bitches on road trips you're gonna throw parties on you know <laughs> in here bitches on road you know trips. it's it's like to stress about a fucking piece of spot the spot on their floor that's what you're worried about in life dude you have you really thinking so narrowly and i and i really realized like that's when i climbed myself out of the rabbit hole of van life and you know and said like oh i need to add this i need to add that i need to add this like i had just fucking got the pop top and i'm worried about a spot on the floor yeah. you know so the lesson was like just enjoy things with uh uh with what you have and 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 you know you're always if you wish you had something else once you get there then you're gonna wish for the other thing yeah. <laughs> or you know so it's just true. be in the moment you know be in the moment and and make do with what you got yeah. um you know and, and and now it's like with the pop top it's like i always thought like oh like prior to getting it i thought oh my life would be so much better if i had it but you know i mean yeah it is bit being good to be able to get your dick sucked and, and stand up and cook but like that's <laughs> you can do that outside of the van though. yeah you could do that at, you could do that at the girl's house too yeah. you know what i'm saying uh but it's like my life has been let's just say the pop top has not necessarily added what about sleeping up there that seems oh, like a huge yeah difference. we haven't talked about that right um it is being really cool to sleep up there uh, i don't use it personally because i feel like the more i open it up and back it's like wear and tear on yeah. those nuts and bolts yeah. so like i would only use it if i have to use it 
if I am in an area where I want to have complete privacy mm -hmm. um, and I don't have the time to put these up and I just want to go up for a quick nap, sure. Or I have, I've had it usually in the summer. Uh, I had uh, two girls sleep up there and then me and Armando were down there. Armando. Yeah, we went on a road trip to Seattle in the summer mm. and he's doing very well. Um, and so, uh, you know, on those occasions, I would I would use it. Um, yeah. Also, just laying up there and like, you know, opening up the windows, um, looking at the ocean, you know, that kind of thing would be yeah. fun. Uh, I used to really enjoy love smoking up there, but I don't I don't smoke anymore. Mm. You know, not not cigarettes or cigars. <sighs> not no. Cause you're talking about weed. Yeah, right? weed. Yeah. I mean, I just I'm scared, man. I'm so scared. I mean, I even have. I have a CBD joint there, but I'm scared because I don't want to risk anything. You mean as far as probation? Yes. Yeah. Yes. And I just don't feel like it's worth it, you know? Yeah. And I'm sure you feel maybe, do you feel similar like that? It's like. Well, yes, but instead of it being the probation, for me, it's, um, I think that it's just, it's irresponsible for me to do any kind of drugs right now because i think i'm on a very it's a slippery slope for Absolutely. me and and i think i basically have to put myself on probation now right to the point where even if no one's telling me to do this or that that i still try to do things to make sure i'm being my i'm showing up as my best self as best as i can you know as much as i can control it at least so um yeah, I'm I'm basically on permanent probation. <laughs> I, well, I mean, you know, I think like having that structure to it makes it easier to say no because like you have a dead ass hard reason why you shouldn't do it, right? Yeah. Like in in a way it's easier for me. Right, right. I, I and I too like I feel now for me I have a dead ass hard reason not to do it because if I do it and I fuck up, then it's like you could basically, I could basically kiss my entire like career and like my future endeavors goodbye. Yeah. So, um, but I was once in a state of mind where I felt like I was a prisoner to these substances. Really? Where, yeah. Where I felt like I could not say, I had to say yes. And it was just so hard to say no. And now it's flipped. And, and this, you know, this is one of the things that I, I value about in a way, I'm kind of blessed that I got arrested because it proved, proved to me that like, well, it basically was my rock bottom, you know, for me. Yeah. You know, um, and had I not been arrested, maybe I would have gotten to myself some other types of trouble, you know, yeah. that were worse. Or maybe I could have gotten into PT school and then came, come time where they wanted to give the drug test sample, I would have already said been smoking earlier that week. You know, so you have to do that. You have to get drug tested for PT school. Um, you do um, once you go into a clinical setting. So mm. like the first year is not clinical. Then the second year is is clinical. Um, and it's two years, three, three years. Yeah. So um, and I and I was fucking scared, man. I mean, I had to do these applications with full disclosure of this. What happened? Some of them you didn't, but then like once you get in, you ha you have to tell them. So yeah. I had I had I got like for example I was about to move to Pomona, California, mm -hmm. 
Do you know that area, Pomona? No, not By, really. It's, it's in a, it's near LA area. Okay. Um, the school accepted me, but then when I told them, hey, like I have this this criminal record, they ghosted me, mm. and then they told me that I can't apply or I can't. I, I they like they took away their offer. So even when you get in, it's not even a hundred percent guaranteed that they're gonna still let you in. Mm. That's pretty harsh. Yeah. So you have no idea what's gonna happen. So mm. I applied to 14 schools for this reason because I was like pretty much shooting from the hip. Yeah. And, and how many did you get in? I got into like, I think it was um, like nine wow. or so, something like that. I had a lot of interviews mm. too. Um, nine counting Pomona or not? Counting? Nine count. Well, I guess counting Pomona. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I had... I like I bit I was rejected from UCSF, St. Omer in Oakland, um, Boston, Boston University. Yeah, oh. and then um, also Loma Linda University in SoCal. And mm. then I guess I guess I could count Pomona too. Yeah. Um. But you know I was I was going against the uh, going against the odds like the like the odds were not stacked in my favor what helped me was my track record yeah. of like just being a good student yeah. things like that um for a while i thought i was i was about to move to columbus ohio you know for, for school yeah ohio state ohio state but then it you know things changed and then i ended up in i'm going to end up in seattle area did ohio revoke their offer no they did not they were they they so you have to contact i had to contact with the admissions the, the director of admissions there and it's really up to them kind of yeah if they feel like yeah it's going to be okay so once i have that kind of okay from them then i f then i'll pay the deposit the deposit's like 500 a thousand bucks to hold your seat so it wouldn't make sense to pay for the deposit and then find out later that, like, yeah. oh, you know. You didn't get in for real. Yeah, right. Yeah. So. Um, so is that still up in the air? Uh, the, 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 the outcome of the. Uh, Ohio State. Oh, no, I rejected them. Gotcha. So I had paid my deposit, but then found out I got into another school. Mm. In, That's uh, kind of sucks then that you already paid the deposit. Yeah. And, and it was a thousand bucks. Mm. Um, oh, sorry, 500, but it's okay. I mean, that's just how it is. Yeah. You know, um, I mean, people will apply, never get in. Mm. It's, it's incredibly difficult. You know, the fact that I got in my first time is a huge, is a miracle. Yeah. Even having a criminal record. I think people get so afraid of, of having a criminal record. They feel like they shouldn't apply. Yeah. yeah. It will literally make someone not apply. It will stop. And that's, you know, that's the whole fucked up thing about the whole criminal justice system in America yeah. is that it makes people like it. Once you're branded as a criminal, they it's, will make for sure that for the rest of your life, that's what defines you. Exactly. They want it to define you. Yeah. They don't want you to become anyone else. Right. They want you to stay in the system because that's how they make fucking money. It's a business. Yeah. Right. So it's up to, you know, our job, people like you and me to fucking rise through the fucking ranks and go through the fucking grit and, and say, no, 
we're going to challenge you and we're going to fucking live our lives how we want to live it no matter what yeah. you know we're going to call these people we're going to email send out these emails we're going to apply to these uh programs you know and we're gonna and we're still gonna fucking do it you know yeah i still wonder if i'm ever going to complete my bachelor's absolutely because you, you, I, you will. I, I can i mean but it's gonna be like you said going through the grit uh, it's going to be a lot more difficult now. Yeah. I just think that it's it's going to be, like, it's hard to just live, right? So it's it's going to be, well, what I mean to say is that even though it's hard to complete school, it might be harder to not complete school. Mm, I see. It might be a lot harder. Right. So it might be, with all the stress and pressure, it still might be the better option. I think, and I personally like school. Right, you're 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 an intellect for sure. Uh, you, like I could see you fucking teaching the classes, fucking yeah. in, in prison. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that'd be really cool if I got to teach a class. I could teach like basic uh, mathematics, like fractions and decimals. And Absolutely, stuff. dude. I mean, you could probably go as far as like algebra two. I'm sure algebra you really, two. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm a little rough on some of the calculus. I was I was thinking of relearning some calculus to put it into the math papers that I've been doing. I have this whole so the the absolute most Chef of X moment as a or Chef of X product as opposed to Red Chef is the uh, the papers that I used mm -hmm. to write. But I had this math paper that basically broke down all the Chef stuff, and I have a new idea for it. But um, it involves calculus, so I don't know. If I'm actually going to do that anytime soon, mm. but it would be nice to complete a calculus paper that uh, the calculus version of the chef set paper. So then it'll have the it'll be complete once it's well, it's, it's always incomplete. But oh, yeah. yeah, it'll be a it'll be a different perspective than what I've written about before. I see. Yeah. Dang. Well, I mean, being able to, I think, find something where like. It's like uh, while while you're in while you're in the in cell in prison and being able to, you know, it's like use that opportunity as a place to take the hit, like whatever the time that you have in there. I'm not getting my words out straight, but um, you have to find the thing that you're gonna fucking work at daily and you're yeah. gonna fucking love doing it. You know yeah. what I'm saying? And then it's like, oh, fuck. Like, there's no other way in the real world where I wouldn't have the time to do this. That's true. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. This is my fucking opportunity. Make use of the time. Exactly. Uh, well, from one perspective, it's free housing and food. Oh, is Which, it? Is it? It's free housing and food? From one, That's one way of looking at it. I heard somewhere on some fucking, like, thing. I don't know if this is true or not. I thought like do they they don't like charge prisoners housing right? There's no like I bill. don't think so. Yeah, they might. I don't know. I don't know enough about it to be sure. I don't think. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I just heard that. But yeah, well, hopefully, but, yeah, hopefully, <laughs> hopefully it's not. not. Dude, sorry. <laughs> Fuck, I just made things a little bit. Hopefully I did not. Extra stress. Just hopefully oh, not. Man, you're stressing me out. <laughs> no, it's fine. No, I, I'm. We'll have to fact check that. Yeah. Yeah. That would be very interesting. I doubt it, but it could be the case. Making good use of the time. When I was, uh, one of the best music projects that I've put out was the first one. 
And I did that while I was in uh, Block Behind Bars. Mm. And it's called Elmwood Recipes. Mm. And it was basically 16 songs that were written at that time. And I actually performed some of them live when I was in there. But um, it was a really good project. It might be the best project since um, I started, but I think Young Davy is good because it's like recent. <laughs> yeah. So I really like it. But um, yeah, it's on SoundCloud. On Any SoundCloud? Out. Yeah, yeah. Anyhow, I've, I've made good use of my time in the past. So I, I hope that despite all the medications that I'll still have drive to do creative stuff because it was really, it was really fulfilling. Right. I think, I think you will always have that drive, you know? Um, but I do have a question about the medication. Yeah. Um, because even when you were in your most creative moment, you were on medication. Yes, but right? I'm on different medication. You're on different now, medication. So, you know, is, yeah. is that different medication? Like, is the medication that you used to take won't work now? I don't know about that. I think that's what the psychiatrist believes, mm. that it's not enough now, that we need something extra. Because I'm still taking what I was before. There's just additional uh, meds on top of that. So I think the logic is that whatever was going on before wasn't good enough. So now we're going to add more to it. The really tricky thing about that, though, is that I wasn't diagnosed under normal conditions. I was di or they didn't add these medications to my regimen, to my whatever, to what I was already taking um, while I was out. They changed it while I was in. So mm. they're observing me while I'm in a cell by myself. And based off of those observations, that's how they changed the meds. So it's not really seeing what I'm like on a regular day. Right, because you're, it's, it's so artificial. Me, yeah, it's right. seeing me under these crazy constraints that they're like, oh, he might be depressed. He's sleeping in. But I'm like, dude, that's might be the most fulfilling thing to do in this environment. <laughs> right. If you don't count the environment, then it's going to be, a, you might get a completely different outcome. Right. So I'm still playing around with the medication that they put me on while I was locked up. And who's to say whether or not that's good for me while I'm out, you know, or um, basically what what's true in there doesn't translate outside. And so it's a little up in the air as to whether or not this is like the correct regimen for me. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, it's going to, it's hard to figure out what, what type of cocktail blend to take. Right. Yeah. Well, that's what the environment changes. Right. So, yeah. One thing that was cool before was that it was one medication. That was it. Mm. But now we're mixing them, and now it's more of a – before I was taking straight shots. Now it's a cocktail. <laughs> I see. Yeah. Um, but do you feel like with what happened, you know, the psychiatrist says, oh, okay, like what, what, what you were taking wasn't working. But do you feel like the activities that you participated in specifically maybe uh, – a but like maybe like more than a, a moderate amount of drinking or some smoking of marijuana, do you think those things could have put like the thing that tipped you over the edge? Yeah, I think right? they did. Like if you had not taken those things, yeah, perhaps like the medication would have been, would have been enough. okay enough, yep. right? Yeah, but but I knew, but but the thing is like. We we drank before many that's, a times. Exactly. So that's the crazy thing is that sometimes it's fine. 
sometimes it's completely fine. And other times it's, it's, this is the first time it's been a disaster in a very long but time. But I do feel like in that, when, when you're getting there closer, you were drinking more than the, well, your, right? Yeah. So when I was doing the hip hop thing, yeah. we, I was drinking a lot. A lot, yeah. Because every day we were drinking. Right. Yeah. So it was like, it wasn't just house. like a beer on a Saturday or something. Or? No, it was three beers at least every day. Yeah. And plus the medication, plus, plus the crazy creative stuff was going on. So it was like, so it was a it perfect was a storm. It was a storm, yeah. but it was a storm that I had no, I mean, I threw caution to the wind when I shouldn't have. I, I didn't really see it as a risk because at the time there was nothing bad happened. Right. It's only that after a very long, besides me driving drunk to work, as I told you, but um, other than that, like, I think it has a delayed effect on me. Mm. I think that if I take a drink now, I'll deal with it a week from now. Mm -hmm. So because it's delayed, it seems like nothing bad's happening. It's also probably cumulative too. Yeah, that's true. Probably builds up over time. And if you don't let your don't give a chance to your brain and body to recover from that right you know then then those you know uh the the effects of of alcohol or whatever other substances will linger yeah right and not those levels will not come da- back down right. hormones change the brain chemistry changes you know yeah um yeah, sounds right. I mean, but you know it's so it's so good that you know we're talking about it now you recognize it and so like you know? Well, now I'm going to just try to be completely sober. Yeah. Um, people do it, you know, so it's not impossible. But uh, that's part of the reason why I was at the Kava Bar that other night was right. because it's kind of a place where most people, they smoke cigarettes, but that's it. Right. Um, or people who, usually people don't go there and then go to bars, but some people do that. Yeah, I mean, I don't... And there was actually a drunk guy in there when I was there, so it's <laughs> yeah. not like a completely sober community, but it is something that a lot of sober people it is. gravitate towards. It's a great place for people in Alcoholics Anonymous. It yeah. is. You know what, though? I don't think I'm going to drink kava. Because, first of all, it doesn't have a great effect on me anyway. Right. But second of all, it's like, I got to be able to recover everything we just said. I don't know where it's taking my mind exactly. Right, right. So it might not be. It's best to probably, yeah, I mean, just be 100% sober. Yeah. It's not, you know, it's not hard to be sober, too. That's like, I think sometimes. It's hard in certain moments. Right. But if you you have the habit of using drugs when you feel bad, then it's hard. Then it's hard, right? Yeah. I think it's, it's more about just like, I, I'm like, may, people probably fall into this category. Some people do, but it's like, they'll get really super into like one substance or whatever or a thing. And then they'll just switch over to like something else. Like for me, it's exercise. Like I'm an yeah. exercise junkie. I literally re- replace weed with swimming and running now. Mm. Um, and like the feeling that I get, like when I'm like running and I'm listening to like Jimi Hendrix or something, it's the same. I'm like literally like imagining myself high mm. smoking a joint. Yeah. And like I'm getting that same brain chemistry now. So it's do like. You, um, do you like running in a fasted state? Um, only in the mornings. Yeah. Yeah. You know, um, but only for like 30 minutes yeah. or so. Um, but, you know, it's. 
it's just all it's for me it's all about re- replacing one addiction for the other yeah. and i just hope that other addiction is more healthier <laughs> <laughs> uh, right now i'm dealing with a taco bell addiction as yeah. you could see to the taco bell game card to your right um oh yeah <laughs> it's literally a, um a taco bell game card mm. board game card yeah. game yeah um so for sure like i'm gonna have to try to you know replace that with something else but well you can put in exercise for a lot of different things right yeah but it only exercise can only take you too far Mm. you know um i remember where i had initially started the drug treatment programs and it was on zoom and every week check in with a group and it's like you see the same people it's like 10 or 15 people we go around talking about our weeks, talking about how shitty our lives are, talking about how stressed our lives are. And it was great. It was like a better AA meeting because like in AA or whatever, MA, you go and you you just you just share what you're going through and no one ever comments on that. You're not supposed to comment. Right. But like what's important for me in discussion, I want people to comment on what I'm going through and I'll comment on what they're going through and we give each other advice. Um, so I'd like that discussion part of this drug treatment. And that's why I was like blessed to like have gotten arrested because it put me in a position where I really needed to deal with my habits. I'm just like, I got arrested for MDMA, but I was dealing with my marijuana addiction. I wasn't Mm. addicted to MDMA, but that's what I was charged for. So, um, like, but I would like go on these meetings and then I would go on a six mile run. And like listen to all these people and they smiles is quite a run. Yeah. And then they, they like, they couldn't fucking believe it. They're like, dude, how are you running this whole time? We're talking about all these and we're talking about like, oh, like, you know, methods to like be healthier and like not like to, you know, fucking go back to your like, craving. You know, they're talking about breathing and exercise. And then here I am, you know, fucking running the six miles and telling people, guys, just go for a run. You're gonna. It's gonna make you feel a lot better. <laughs> well, that doesn't apply to everyone. Yeah, but. I know. But like, I was like, whatever it is, a walk, whatever, a jog, a hike, just go outside, do something different, breathe some fresh air. Yeah. You know. So it was like motivating for me because I would put myself in a position to uh, be, you know, uh, like a healthy preacher. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, and then every week I'd do that. You know, uh, so. Uh, I I really loved it, and I paid for it out of pocket, and I had no problem with that, you know. And I paid and, for the class. Yeah, it was fifteen dollars a week, mm. and then twenty dollars for one on one. That was the what the court ordered. You know, that was what I had to do. One on one. Yeah. So, um, one of the counselors would call me once a week. We talk for an hour. Got you. I liked the group more than the, than the counselor. Mm. Uh, me too i actually had a similar experience i like yeah. the group i feel like with the counselor i was like i felt like i was being a bitch like it was like you really want me like like i was like you i don't want like i don't want to be a complainer guy you know what yeah. i'm saying but like i it's like i'm literally trying to find things to complain about <laughs> to the counselor yeah 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 you know like, instead of just saying i'm happy mm. you know sometimes i feel like with those one-on-ones it's like it's like they're trying to make me upset Mm. you know what i mean i don't know but well so i'm trying to get a counselor now um and it's a slow process because i have a psychiatrist that i got 
in this county, Santa Clara County, because I was arrested in YOLO. Right. So when I got out, I moved down here, and uh, I got a psychiatrist, and I was like, what does it take to get counseling, too? Because Sydney's like, you need a counselor, you need a counselor. So I'm like, all right, I'll get a counselor. But um, it's a weird process. Like, somebody has to refer you to somebody else, and then they got to pick up the phone on time, and they got to right. call you. It's a weird process. So, But in my experience, I didn't even really like the counselor. Right. So I don't really even I, – I, I don't have group counselor. So the group that I went to was kind of like a um, – it was like a skill-building group where I they see. tried to teach you – certain life skills so that you could deal with whatever you had to deal with in the future. And they said, okay, we'll base it on your strengths. So whatever you're stronger at, whatever you gravitate toward, we'll teach you more of that. So with me, they said, you're like a meditator. So for you, the way to check in with yourself is to meditate, which I don't do, but I still do like jogging and um, walking. Even I do things that put me in a zone and that's kind of zen, but it's not exactly meditating. So I don't know. Is it cheating? I don't know. But anyhow, I liked doing the group sessions more, like you were saying. And um, now I don't have a counselor, but I don't feel like I really want the counseling. I feel like other people who care about me are saying it would be helpful. Yeah. So I'm, I listen to them, but... I don't really mind not having a counselor. Well, it's not for, you know, here's the one thing. It's not for everyone. I'll tell you that. Like, you know, mm -hmm. having a, you know, a psychologist, counselor, whatever, it's a, a therapist isn't for everyone. I think for some people it works. For others it doesn't. For others they need some type of in-between where it's like group, you know, and then the counselor there. I feel like that works for me more. Um, you know, uh, I think like what the advantage of the group is like you're able to put yourself in other people's shoes and empathize with them. And it's like a real relatable, like, like we're in this like together, right. you know, but with the counselor, it's more of like some type of student teacher kind of relationship. So right. you don't feel like it's like a class buddy, you know, I'm sitting next to my buddy in class type of thing. Yeah. You know, so the uh, language, you know, is different. Um, yeah, so... You can relate to the other people in the group. You can't really relate to the counselor. Right. The counselor is never going to talk about their own life hmm. or the within limits, yeah. right? But the counselor is not going to say, oh, I had a fucking horrible day, like... <laughs> <laughs> Which they do have horrible they, they days. They do, yeah. But they're never going to admit that it's, yeah. it's one way. Yeah, or they're not going to admit, like... But there are some, so the, there are like some drug counselors though, right? Who've like gone through those. They've had a drug past yeah. before. Yeah. See, I feel like with some of those people, they could, but even then they have to like act in a professional way. They're not going to necessarily yeah. just like talk about themselves. Yeah. So, uh, I, you know, I was considering going back to the, to El Centro, um, but uh, the, what's El Centro? Oh, the, that's the um, El Centro de Libertad is the 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 freedom the, the uh, People's Freedom Center. Mm. Uh, this is where the drug treatment was. So this gotcha. was like one that was um, like the county approved of it because uh, I went through this thing called PC One Thousand, mm. which was like if you do a drug treatment and you 
uh, and then you uh, you complete that, then you'll be put on. Um, uh, you won't get charged. You'll get mm. the case dismissed. Okay. They kind of hang it over your head. You, yeah. You deferred non-entry judgment. Yeah. Um, which is like a California thing, mm. you know. But you, you know, what's so stupid? Um, if I was like in San Francisco County, Santa Clara County, or or Alameda County, and I got caught, um, it would it would just let me go, no misdemeanor. Oh, Colin's calling. Oh, yeah. You could take it. Let me pause this.